This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome to Health and Living with me, Lim Su. And now when we think of someone who is strong, many of us would immediately picture someone who is visibly muscular. But is that what strength really means? What does strength, why does strength training matter and how can you start? So joining me to answer all your questions about this is consultant orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Harjit Singh, who is joining me for his monthly episode um, on this show. Hi, Dr. Harjit. How are you doing today? Well, I'm, I'm doing fine. Um... I, I really like this topic. Um, and it's I'm, be, yeah, it's going to be something that both of us can go through together. Yes, and I'm as sure our listeners... Surgeon, yeah, as I, an orthopedic surgeon, I tend to see them when they are injured. Mm. Now we are talking about strength. Oh, interesting. Yes, and you know, I'm sure our listeners will have a lot of questions that they want to ask. You know, um, Tell us what you would like to know about building strength, um, maybe things like preventing injuries, right? So that you don't see Dr. Hajit in the first place. Um, you can call us at 7733-2900. You can WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899 or you can tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, Dr. Hajit, I'm going to start by asking you, what does it mean... What do you see to determine if someone has a strong musculoskeletal um, system, right? What indicators are you looking at? Okay, um, all right. If if we look at uh, general health, we would look at the musculoskeletal system as an important indicator on how healthy you are. We, you know, we have cardiorespiratory health, mm-hmm. which is the heart and the lung, but... Uh, well-functioning musculoskeletal system is also important for you to be very uh, functional all through your daily routine and have some energy for any recreation that you want to do thereafter. And all through training as doctors and going into uh, orthopedic surgery, we have always been told that uh, life is motion and motion is life. So without movement, I don't think there's life. So the musculoskeletal system being the key mover of the body, uh, you can have a perfect mind, you can have a good heart, but if you can't move well, then you are not uh, achieving what you can uh, do. Mm. So I think it's very important. Mm. We often associate being strong, like I mentioned, with someone who, I guess, looks muscular, who can, you know, potentially easily lift heavy items. But is that too simplistic a way to look at it? I I think um, most of the time, yes. Uh, If you look at strength per se, you would would probably uh, think that, okay, someone actually looks buffed up and big. Mm. But I think being strong uh, doesn't necessarily... Uh, totally relate to the uh, appearance. Uh, It actually relates a lot to the functional capacity and the ability to function. So when we talk about uh, exercising or working out to become stronger, it not necessarily means that you are working out to buff up. Mm. And actually, there are a lot of similarities because if you work towards buffing up and and getting bigger you would also get stronger and uh, if you're working out to just become stronger uh, to to gain strength yeah there will be some amount of change in your physical appearance but uh, those of us who work out to get stronger so that you know we can partake in our sporting activities 
in a better way and we can uh, challenge ourselves and we can get better at sports, uh, not necessarily work out to look bigger. So I think there's a great difference. And the difference is on all the facets that uh, you work on when you're doing one or the other. Mm. So when we look at, I guess, bodybuilders, for example, right, they would have these very defined muscles. They they are essentially who you, who you would um, refer to as being very buff, right? Does that necessarily mean that person is stronger as well? Yeah, essentially, they are definitely going to be stronger than someone who does not work out at all. Mm. Uh, but putting appearance aside, uh, the way they gain that physical appearance mm-hmm. uh, is determined by the uh, the pattern of exercise that they do. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of uh, if you want to grow big, you actually uh, a big part of it is uh, you know manipulating the nutrition, the nutritional aspect for it. So I think. If you are working to become stronger, the nutrition is to keep up with what you burn to repair your muscle. But if you are then looking towards becoming bigger, then the nutritional requirements are way beyond to be able to build muscle. So that's essentially one of the big differences. The intensity of the workout, the rest periods in between, they actually differ and it's a whole big science to this. Mm. So then, you know, if I could go down to this a bit more to the cellular level, Dr. Harjit, you know, what's actually happening when our body sort of builds strength, right? How does our body sort of progressively build that strength that people are looking for? Yeah, so it's very interesting to note that uh, our body is designed to be challenged. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you are looking at, uh, say, the bones, uh, we, we must not forget when you look, look at musculoskeletal, you're looking at the bones and the muscle. Mm. So if you look at the bone, we, we build bone from the time we are infants right up to the age of about 30 years. And we build bone through good diet. And we build bone to, through also exercising and the kind of exercise that builds bone or models bone to be as good as it can get are weight-bearing exercises. Mm -hmm. So that's when you talk about the bone. Now, after the age of 30, you exercise to maintain your maximal bone mass that you have. And we know over time, uh, more in women than men, there is a drop in the bone mass. Um, due to the differences in the hormonal uh, system. Okay, so that's one. But if you look at the muscle, the muscle is also designed to be challenged. And if you challenge it uh, in a very linear manner, you will build muscle until a particular level. And after that, there's adaptations and you don't really build as much. So the idea is to stress the muscle out to a level that, you know, there are changes in the muscle cell. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is three parts to this. The main thing is the nerve supply to the muscle starts firing in a very optimized manner. So it recruits more muscle groups and you get stronger. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of changes within the cell, like you mentioned. Um, you know, the the muscle cell itself sometimes will get bigger in size. Okay. 
there are a lot of nucleoli, the, the brain of the muscle is the mitochondria, and all that actually starts forming uh, and performing optimally. So there is one part where there is a change in the structure. There is one part which is the firing from the brain to the muscle is also optimized. And this requires us to stress out the bodily part for it to perform better and better. So it is not only about um, just exercising, but it's also exercising towards challenging it over a period of time so that it can get better and better. Mm. Then you get stronger. Mm. Um, Dr. Harjit, could I get you to also elaborate, uh, elaborate more on why bone strength is also important when we talk about um, con- when we talk about strength, right? It's not just about muscles. Yeah, because, okay, so, okay, um, I think it's easily put uh, in this way. The muscles need to be attached to the bones for, for them to function. And uh, for us to actually move, you need a structure. So your skeletal system is your structure. And you've got all these bands of rubber, <laughs> which is technically the muscles, the mm-hmm. soft tissues, the ligaments and other parts, which actually allow you to move the joint and the bodily part. Now, the movement has to be in a coordinated manner. Mm-hmm. So if you're strong, okay, you have better potential to move optimally. And if you have a skeletal system which is strong, that can keep up with the stresses that you put upon it. Uh, there are certain scenarios where there is too much of stress on the bone Mm -hmm. and you get a stress response to the bone and you can even get a stress fracture. So Mm -hmm. technically, the amount of stress that you put onto the body is not only for the muscle, it's also for the bone. Mm -hmm. I think they, they work together. The other part of it that we must never forget, now we are talking about strength, so it's very mechanical. We must understand that even our cardiorespiratory system has to be up to mark Mm -hmm. to be able to push the body in that line. And we must remember that all this is actually powered by the nerves going from the brain down, modulated by a lot of hormones and everything acts in concert. So when we talk about strength, we are talking about the nerve function, development of the uh, functionality and powering it up. Uh, We are talking about uh, our endocrine system, fixing everything in together and and the muscle as the uh, main main engine. All right. Um, on the show with me today is consultant orthopedic surgeon Dr. Harjit Singh for his BeFit Malaysian series. We are talking about what it means to build strength on today's show. Um, you can call us at double seven double three two nine hundred. WhatsApp our U mobile number at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, or tweet us at BFM Radio if you have any questions you'd like to ask Dr. Harjit. We are going for a quick break now, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Health and Living BFM eighty nine point nine. 
Welcome back to Health and Living with me, Lim Su. And on the show with me today is Dr. Harjit Singh, consultant orthopedic surgeon. We are talking about what it means to build strength and whether it means um, just looking bulky. And, and Dr. Harjit has said that no, that's not necessarily the case. Um, you can call us with your questions at double seven double three two nine hundred. You can also choose to WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. Dr. Harjit, we have a question from a listener, who, um, Jimmy, who is asking, that is there one muscle which is the most important for us to develop, you know, or, or perhaps are there groups of muscles? Um, I think the most important muscle is the brain. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we always say that the most important muscle is the heart. Okay, but musculoskeletal wise, mm-hmm. I think if you're looking, it's not a single muscle, but it's a group of muscle and muscles. And that would be your core muscles, the mm-hmm. muscles of the lower back, the abdomen, the bigger muscles around the hip and, and, and the shoulder. So the axial muscle is the core muscle group around which all your peripheral muscles are attached and they function. So the just the simple movement of putting your arm into space and picking up something is because you've got a good core, the abdominal muscles, the chest, the pectoral, which is the shoulder, they all function and they allow the smaller muscles to float in the air and do the smaller things. So if you're asking me what's important, your core is important. Mm. Right. Don't forget the heart. <laughs> all right. Mm. Um, you know, we often think about building strength. Uh, we often associate it with lifting heavy things, right? Lifting weights. But is that the only way people can build strength? What are the different... Um, types of exercises that people can do to actually start building muscle strength. Okay, right. Okay, so, okay, first, I always feel, and time and time again, I say when you want to uh, embark in something, start slow. Mm-hmm. So if you look at fitness, okay, um, there are certain things that you look at. You look at your cardio respiratory system has to be good, okay? So your cardio work has to be done. And you'll realize that you need to add on resistance, which is what this weight training is, uh, to take it to the next step. But never forget that you also need to keep to exercises that keep you flexible Mm -hmm. uh, in order to have agility and to prevent uh, overuse injuries. Mm. and a lot of movements are composite so you want to maintain balance so that's that's the big story now when i say start slow okay when you want to do resistance training i think you start with very good form that mm-hmm. means the way you do the exercise has to be good okay even those who want to do strength work so that they look bigger uh, will need to do the basic strength work to become stronger first. Mm, there's no and shortcuts. Then, and then they move on. Um, the intensity uh, in the lab, you can actually uh, assess how strong you are. And then it, it works as a base when you start your program. But uh, even uh, clinically, you know, we normally start a workout Uh, assessing how strong we are and starting at at a lower base and we build up. There are a lot of videos out there to to start you, okay, but the quality of what is out there uh, differs. There's excellent stuff and there's also stuff which is 
different and a little bit dangerous so mm. the way sometimes of those of us who can probably afford it we could get someone to teach us the right way and then we could work on from it mm. so i think that's a good way to start if you're going into strength training mm. um the kind you know a lot of exercises are using your own body weight exercises mm-hmm. okay, that's one and a lot of them are uh, use weights some uh machine assisted exercises and some are with free weights so i've always been uh i mean more inclined towards uh machine based exercises because i'm recreational can't afford to get injured easily mm-hmm. and machines allow you to keep form although i think that as you get better and better the, and you're going into a professional uh level of doing weight work then they do the they do with free weights and they are much better so i think that's the way to look at it Mm. It's uh, having a coach at least at the beginning would teach you the basics of the correct form that you were talking about right Dr Harjit. Uh I think I think the form it's not about the weight. I think it's mm-hmm. about doing it right. Okay and then building on from that and you know not being too um fast about increasing the amount of weights that you use. Mm-hmm. So you start with body weight then when you're increasing your weight you you know you give it you don't re- increase it every time you do a workout mm-hmm. you know say if at a particular weight for the two three sessions you are finding it uh, doable mm-hmm. then when you increase you increase by 2.5 to 5% you don't suddenly increase it by 20% you are uh, rest assured you will get injured Mm. you know you can work on your repetitions and weight and you know there's a way to play around with that so sometimes getting somebody to um show you the rope so to speak i think it's a it's a good way to start mm. we have a listener asking dr harjit does yoga build strength and can it replace weight training okay uh, now let's look at yoga yoga is extremely good for flexibility mm-hmm. okay uh it is ex- extremely good to build a very good core a lot of the exercises are body weight exercises mm-hmm. which means that you get some amount of strength training uh not fantastic for cardio okay we 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 know that so i would use yoga to work on my flexibility and build my core while i bang my cardio left right center with my uh cycling that's what i do mm-hmm. uh always remember that your cardiovascular fitness might be excellent but when you start on strength work it's a different ball game completely mm-hmm. uh you know i i was lulled into thinking that they all came together and i got <laughs> no use injury very early so mm-hmm. you learn from mistakes mm-hmm. uh so i think that if you look at yoga you you have to compartmentalize what it does best it depends on your goals if i want a, a a good core stability so that you know i i i can i can work out better a lot of uh body weight exercises then yes yoga mm all right um we have another question from han who is asking if someone looks relatively lean they're not bulky in in the way that you might imagine some people to be when they're they're mus- uh, when they're muscular right how do i know if i'm actually building muscle how do i know if i'm getting stronger 
Okay, um, okay, Han, that's a very good question. Sometimes I ask myself over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, to put it simply, when, when you start a, a strength program uh, and and when you're you are doing your body weight exercises or even weighted exercises, there's this period of time that you actually can do more and you're feeling stronger. Mm-hmm. Okay, that means you can do the exercises. Um, but there will be no change in the physique. Okay. Uh, the reason that happens is that the initial increase in strength is due to uh, an optimization of the nerve supply to the muscle. So that's almost for the first four to six weeks. Mm. The changes in the muscle only happen after the 10 to 12 week. So if you're going by pure appearance alone, you, you need to wait for a period of time. Mm. But if you want to look at objective objectivity, you, you know that you can do more and more. So I think the appearance is the later part of the story. Mm. And it doesn't right? tell the full picture. Yes, it never tells the full picture. Of mm. course, you you look at someone lean, you also can look at him and you know, ah, this guy is strong. Because, I mean, the way the way the structure is, the way the person moves, you know, uh, it's it's a little bit different than someone who's sedentary and not exercising. Mm. Um, I also want to talk a bit about pain, Dr. Harjit. You know, when is, you know, I mean, it's normal to feel achy and sore after you go for, you know, um, resistance training, um, HIIT training, for example, if you haven't done it in a while. But when is it just, when is it expected soreness and when is that actually pain? Is it, how, do, how do I tell the difference? Yeah, so you, you actually put two words there which actually explain a lot. You said achy and sore. Mm-hmm. So generally, if after exercise, um, you feel a generalized soreness, Okay, uh, during the end of the exercise or immediately after, and you know, it goes off the next day, then you know that this is the soreness of exercise. I think that's that's the way. Pain is different. It will be localized to a certain part which cannot take it anymore, just to put mm-hmm. it simply. You know, it might be at the elbow, it might be, you know, on at, at your heel or something. You know, your Achilles tendon, those those are probably parts that are already telling you, hello, brother, hello, sister, I'm not doing too well there. So it is going to be a very localized feeling. Now, sometimes you work out, you're right. After about the second day, you get this delayed onset muscle soreness. Mm-hmm. That's different. You know, they, they can't really explain it, but, you know, generally it's, something that is due to muscle damage, is due to accumulation of uh, products due to muscle injury, and that lingers on, and it's always associated with some amount of drop in performance of the muscle. So mm-hmm. that's the second group. So if you have it you know, after the second day and it's lingering on, that's not the nice one. But if we put all this together you have to exercise till the muscle is sore Mm -hmm. so that you can stress it out enough to build to the next level. So that's why sometimes I feel that if you really want to push 
to see and and be much better you normally get someone who can guide you mm. so that you know this so i can tell you that okay soreness after exercise just generalize goes off the next day so you are on a safe that one but the part where you push yourself to gain to gain to gain and to gain and get better and get better you actually probably need someone to help you Mm. We have another question, Dr. Harjit, which ties on to that, right? So say um, my muscles are still, um, someone who, who wrote in to say that, you know, my muscles are still aching and sore from um, training two days ago. Is it a good idea to keep going for classes now or wait till that soreness fades away? Okay, so, you know, if you if you have soreness, I mean, the safe soreness is mm-hmm. going to go the next day. And we all know that when we do exercise, for strength right uh, we do it in we have an we have uh, a good amount of intensity and we have x amount of sets to it and repetition so how many times we do it and all that then we have our rest period and usually when you do this you don't do it every day for the same part mm-hmm. they normally break it up so you know you give the part a rest so answering your question directly is that if you have some soreness and when you do it another time it's not getting worse then you know that it's kind of safe especially if you're guided but if the soreness is lingering on persisting maybe you're pushing yourself too hard mm. and if it's isolated to a particular part then you know that this is something more it might be a, an overuse injury which you have picked up over time or it can just be an acute injury of that part. Mm. Yeah. How would um Dr. Harjit, how would strength training also help with injury prevention especially I guess for people who are active in in sports in general or perhaps you are trying to maintain functional health as you age. Yeah, I I I think okay, um let's look at uh someone who does a lot of cardio wanting to get better and push himself you mm-hmm. definitely need to build muscle right cardio alone is not going to do it for you mm-hmm. so uh you build strength so that you can do your activities with increased power which is actually strength doing it at a particular timeline so you you can you get a bit more explosive power if you're stronger uh and that brings you to your next level and maybe that's the goal that you want now if you look at someone older okay the muscles also function to aid them with movement and balance mm-hmm. okay so we know as we get older you have replacement of muscle by fat okay and when you do uh weight exercises or you know resist uh resistance exercises you don't get the response that you get of someone who is much younger mm. but you get some gains in strength and that allows you to have better balance prevention of fall and helps your general health so it's ultimately depending on the goal mm. that you that that you are setting out to achieve mm. but whatever it is there are benefits to building strength isn't it at the end of the day 
definitely if you look at building strength okay so you build muscle mm-hmm. uh muscle burns uh energy i mean so basically you can keep your weight controlled okay uh even your insulin levels your hormonal uh levels are also stabilized so you get better control of your diabetes okay uh and your chronic disease conditions if you add on some strength work to your cardio work you get better control mm. so you tend to become healthy mm. yeah All right, we'll go for another quick break and continue this discussion when we come back on the show with me today is consultant orthopedic surgeon Dr. Harjit Singh and we are talking about what it means to build strength. We'll be right back after a quick break so keep it here on Health and Living BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Health and Living with me Lim Soo and joining me to on the show today via Zoom is Dr. Harjit Singh, consultant orthopedic surgeon. We are talking about building strength, building muscles, what it takes to do so and how you can do it um properly with the correct form um and and with the ultimate goal of preventing yourself from getting injured. Um Dr. Harjit, we often hear a the term use it or lose it, right? And the importance of consistency. So say if someone um has regularly gone for strength training and then they suddenly slow down or they stop how soon before that person could start actually losing muscle strength oh okay that's um that's a question that has a downer kind of answer mm-hmm. you you lose it quite fast okay you lose it quite fast within days mm, okay, within can, days ha huh? yeah you can you can start you can start seeing a down dip of course you don't see the structural change uh, immediately mm-hmm. but within you can lose about maybe half half of your strength wow but the good news is that if you exercise okay and there's this period of time that you couldn't mm-hmm. okay when you restart there's muscle memory for you to gain it back a bit faster mm-hmm. than you know from from not from as if someone who has started just about to start that's one and um the second thing that uh i can add on to that is when you are regaining it you regain it much much faster and uh you actually can come up to the level that you were on and go further much faster also so we rely a lot on uh the memory of the muscle Mm. to exercise. Mm. So I think that's a good point. But mm. you do lose it once you don't do it. Mm. I think that's a message to all of us who think that ah uh, we've taken a long break and we can't get back into it, right? This is this is why because you you the muscle memory will kick in. Yeah, I I think yeah, but don't don't have a too long a break. <laughs> There's so so many things that uh that can, you know, you I think exercising is also having a uh, the the mental the the mental makeup to be up for it lah after mm. you haven't exercised for a while to restart it is going to be a bit difficult mm. we have another question from um nif who is asking about training to failure dr hajit what's your take on this from a medical perspective and is it really necessary if the focus of your workout is building strength yeah so so th- that's that's one of our listeners who hits the gym quite a bit mm mm-hmm. Yeah so the idea of training to failure um I mean if you are a newbie 
do it with guidance. Okay. Uh, the concept is we want to progressively overload the muscle. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, because that's how we are going to get our strength gains and progress. Okay. One, uh, we train to fatigue. Okay. To a point that we can't do it anymore. Okay. Uh, if you're training for strength, you tend to have higher intensities. Okay. With breaks in between because you will not be able to train to fatigue if you don't have your breaks. So, but I think training to failure uh, is a concept that is done a lot with the elite, uh, the people who are on the elite group. But I think if we are doing it uh, on our own, then we do it with caution. Mm. Um, I also want to talk a bit about diet, Dr. Harjit, because this is where I guess a lot of people talk about protein supplements, protein shakes, things like that. And we also have a listener who's asking about um, your take on whey protein supplements, considering that it's processed and um, a lot of um, brands out there also contain artificial sweeteners. Um, where does that come into the picture when we talk about strength training? Okay, so I, I probably, you know, if you tell me about all the brands, uh, being an orthopedic surgeon, I don't keep track of that. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you about, about the use of protein. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, okay. when we exercise for strength, okay, uh, we are pushing our body, the muscle has to repair. Mm -hmm. So you have to have your protein going in. Now, uh, some people take a bit of protein before they work out. Some do it over a period of time. And, you know, after your workout for your strength training, you can, you know, you can take your protein shake or supplement uh, within the first few hours of your workout. That's ideal. Mm -hmm. uh, but surprisingly, up to about 6 to 8 to 10 hours, you still have the, you know, the, the potential to take your supplements, your proteins to build your muscle. That's one. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are, if you're exercising to build and, uh, you know, uh, body build, then the intake of protein has to be much, much higher because you need to build the muscle. Mm -hmm. So that's different. Now, uh, the current consensus is that regardless of age, um, we need to take daily requirement is about a gram of protein per kilogram per day. And um, most of us who do strength work, they can take up to 1.6 gram of protein per kilogram per day. So that's the amount that you can add on uh, to allow your muscle to recover or you allow your muscle to build depending on your goal. So I think, yes, the supplements, whether they contain artificial sweeteners, I think there are so many things out there. Uh, whey protein, yes, fantastic, uh, good. Uh, but there are a lot of formulations out there. But I think if you do your due diligence, you will find your sweet spot. Mm. We also have a listener asking about um, how much calcium would someone need? Oh, Okay. When you look at calcium, you're looking at uh, the bone. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's look at this. Huh? Mm -hmm. uh, okay, how do I put this? So the questions are tough. Okay, <laughs> um, our daily 
Malaysian diet. Mm-hmm. Okay, whether it's uh, a Punjabi roti chapati diet, uh, Chinese or Malay, a Malaysian diet gives us about 600 milligrams of calcium. The requirement, uh, general adult or teenager, is about 800 to 1,000 um, milligrams of calcium a day. Okay, so you always have a slight deficit. So, if you take a wholesome diet, you are generally okay. All right. If you want to take supplements, then you bring it up to one thousand two hundred milligrams of calcium, elemental calcium a day. But you know, mind you, when you take supplements, uh, especially that of calcium, and you're already having a good. Uh, balanced diet then i don't think it's a necessity mm. uh, when i have my patients who have a low uh, bone density they are either osteopenic or osteoporotic we do give them uh, calcium supplements with the other medications that we give because we want to try and drive whatever calcium that we can into the bone mm. so that's totally a different thing mm. If right. you look at calcium, this is your daily requirement. Mm. All right. Um, we have another question who, which is asking, uh, another listener who's asking, how would um, factors which are non-modifiable like gender or genetics also impact my ability to build strength? Yeah, okay. Um, okay, so I always concentrate on things that I can change, but mm-hmm. okay, rightly so. Um, you have a genetic uh make up of the kind of muscle fibers that you have mm-hmm. that is why there are some people who do very well in endurance activities mm-hmm. some are very good at speed okay that's the type of muscle that you predominantly have but if you look at uh gender mm-hmm. okay um then we the the the, the program of training for women and men are the same but you know the ultimate a uh, mass that can be formed by a woman and man is different because of the kind of hormones that we have right mm. we have a lot of our androgens and women don't really have that much so there is a difference there which we cannot safely and physiologically change now mm. to maybe stretch that a bit now doing strength work in um, younger athletes and teenagers okay previously we were worried about the growing skeleton mm-hmm. how how does this weight work uh you know change that and we found that if we start them early uh we worked on the form uh we can introduce them especially uh an adolescent athlete uh putting on some resistance work actually increases their performance mm. so it's not necessarily bad for the growing growing child it's not you lift the weight and you get shorter i don't think there's there things like that so i think that you need to look at uh strength and resistance exercises as part as part of a needed uh exercise program to get you better at what you do mm. 
All right. Um, we're running out of time uh, with you today, Dr. Harjit. But, you know, for our listeners out there, um, if you have questions you'd like to ask, you still have a chance to do so. You can ask Dr. Harjit that yourself as he'll be joining us next week at BFM's Health and Living Live event on the 14th of October. That's next Saturday. Um, he'll also be joined by sports medicine physician Dr. Arvind Raj and yoga instructor Charmaine Ang on, um, to talk about what it takes to be fit, strong, flexible and also you want to look good all the time as well so um, we'll also have panel sessions on brain and financial fitness we'll have fun booth activities so if you want to ask our experts more questions you can come join us um, you can register at bfm.my health event once again that's happening um, from 9am to 1pm on Saturday 14th October um, Dr. Harjit thank you so much again for joining me today yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, and we'll and see you. Remember, in, we'll see you in person next weekend. Person. Yes. Yep, definitely. Bye. All right. I've been speaking to consultant orthopedic surgeon Dr. Harjit Singh for his BeFit Malaysians series. I'm Lim Suan, and this has been Health and Living BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.